and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. love that is poured out for us. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. May you speak boldly into our lives today. In your mighty name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Why don't you take a seat? Kids, if you didn't grab an activity sheet yet, there's still plenty. Teenagers, you're welcome to get them as well. Um, Thank you so much to the band. Um, Hasn't it been wonderful to be able to worship God together and Jake leading us as MC. My name is Mim, uh, one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege to be able to share with you today. Um, And to be honest, I I need to share some things that are a little bit tough as well, so brace yourselves. Um, Some things that might make us a little bit uncomfortable. So I'll start with a story. And now this is actually a true story and it happened in the summertime earlier this year. I um, was asleep early one morning, woke up ridiculously early, sun was up but I wasn't ready to get up. I knew that God wanted me to wake up but I just rolled over and went back to sleep. I didn't get up early to spend some extra time with him and uh, as I was there trying to doze back off to sleep, the ceiling fan going, I, I felt like there was some hair in my mouth. You know, you just, I flicked it out of my mouth and rolled over and continued to try and sleep. And then it happened again. And I was like, oh, you know, just, I, I don't like hair in my mouth. Got it out of my mouth and tried to roll back over. And then my mind started ticking away and thinking, I'd heard stories of people swallowing spiders in their sleep. And I was like, oh, what if, what if it's a spider trying to get in my mouth? But I was really tired and I just lay there and then it happened a third time. So this time I sat up in bed and I flicked out of my mouth and it scurried down my pyjamas a big black cockroach. Oh, it was so disgusting. I washed my mouth, I washed my pyjamas, I washed my sheets and I fumigated my room with half a can of insect spray. I did not want that cockroach anywhere near me or its ugly germs. And some of you probably can't even look at the screen without squirming thinking of these cockroaches. You know, um, they're awful and they're disgusting and we just, we don't want them in our mouths. We don't want them in our beds. We don't want them in our houses. And if actually we could choose, we probably don't want them in the world at all. Hands up if you're with me. You just Cockroaches are awful, disgusting things. But it actually reminded me of a problem that we all have in our lives, something that's disgusting and that we want to get rid of that we should have nothing to do with. And that is sin. We all have the problem of sin in our lives. Not one of us can say that we have never thought or done anything wrong. In the times of Noah, before the flood, 
The Bible records that the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of their thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Sin is a serious problem. It actually hurts God. The one who made us and loves us is troubled by sin. He is a holy and perfect God. And while he loves us, God can't have anything to do with sin. In life, we always have choices and consequences. We can choose what we'll do with sin. And in all honesty, there are consequences of sin. And it's really tough to talk about. But God says that he will punish those who do not know him and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. A bit like the cockroach, I wanted to be far away from it And for people that hold on to sin, God removes them from his presence too. It's tough to listen to. It's tough to talk about. Sin hurts God and it separates us from God. It's awful. Another consequence is that sin also breaks down relationships and trust with others when we lie or steal, are jealous of others and covet what they have. We're unkind with our words and our actions. Sin not only destroys our relationship with God, but also with other people. Sin is dangerous and disgusting. And we often keep it hidden in secret for the fear of shame, guilt and judgment. We become slaves to the fear of sin being uncovered. It's a grim picture and we don't often talk about it and it's probably right about now that you're wishing that you'd stayed home in bed or that you'd gone to the big green shed down the road and done some home maintenance this morning instead of coming to church. But let's get to the good part. One of Jesus' closest friends wrote to the believers in the early first century to circulate his letters throughout Asia and Turkey A and the surrounding areas. And our main reading today comes from 1 John, the end of chapter 2, beginning of chapter 3, where he affectionately writes these encouraging words. And now, dear children, continue in him, that is Jesus, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming, because he's coming again. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just 
as He is pure. So as awful and destructive as sin is, we can become purified, free of the consequences of sin. Here we read that we can be confident, unashamed, right with God and considered children of God. Not simply believers who are trying to live a little better, but radically renewed, born all over again into a new and living way, a a relationship with God, part of His family, which is wonderful and amazing, great news. Kids, I wonder if you know who this is. There's lots of TV shows on now, but adults, maybe you need to call it out for the kids. Who is this? Big Bird. It is Big Bird. Now, before he was Big Bird, what was his name? When he was a baby. Do you know what? It was still Big Bird. (laughs) Right? He has been called Big Bird for over 53 seasons of Sesame Street. Even when he was a baby, he was called Big Bird before he was actually big. As children of God... We don't have to wait until we one day grow into a child of God. Or you can actually be a child of God right now. If you are a child or an adult, you don't have to wait until you're a certain age, a certain size. You don't have to wait until a certain time or until you get to heaven to become a child of God. You can choose to be a child of God right now. We are not just called children of God, but we actually Ah, God the Father loves us as His precious family, as we read in the first verses of chapter 3. His lavish love poured out onto us. The incredible love and grace of God makes it possible for people to be welcomed into His family, to be aligned with God. Now, the world doesn't understand why we are different because they don't understand God. But when our actions and our behaviours, our beliefs and our attitudes are in sync with God, we are family. We are on the same page. It's, it's more than knowing information about God. Being family is an intimate relationship with God. So how is it possible? Sin is so destructive and deserves separation from God. How is His love enough to bring us to Himself? How can a holy and just God wipe away our sin? Well, I know some of you are learning to drive, right? And, um, and there are some road rules that we need to obey. Can somebody tell me some of the road rules? Yes, Bennett. Speed. Don't speed. Very important road rule. Don't speed. What else? You guys are super quiet. Tell me another road rule. Stop at a traffic light, especially if it's red. Stop at the traffic light. Yep. Are you allowed to just drive over people that are crossing the road? No, of course not. There, there are rules that you need to obey, traffic rules. Now, how many demerit points do we get? Well. Kind of. We actually have zero. But if you break one of the rules, then you might get a demerit point. You might get a fine. And you can get up to 12 demerit points before your licence is suspended. So 
just like we have this, um, the, this issue of demerit points, you know, it's a bit like Jesus. And sometimes for us, if we've broken one of the rules, we would actually love somebody else to pay the fine. We can be sorry, right? Sorry that we did the wrong thing. It'd be great if somebody else paid the fine. In fact, I've heard of people asking somebody else to take their demerit points. If another person had zero and they were getting close to the 12, they might ask somebody else to take their place and take the demerit points for them. Just a little bit like what Jesus does for us. In 1 John... Um, chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, it reads on, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he, that is Jesus, appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. The only possible way for sin to be removed from our lives is through Jesus, the one with no sin. He didn't break God's law. And so he was perfect. He was the perfect one who took upon himself the punishment of sin that we deserved. Ephesians points out that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. That was his plan. Now, it's a bit of a mystery. It's difficult for many people to get their head around. And, you know, many people can't admit that they have a problem with sin. They don't believe that Jesus is the perfect Son of God who died taking the punishment that they deserve. They don't understand Jesus' loving, generous, gracious offer This gift of a relationship with God. God loves and cherishes us. He wants us to have that sense of belonging in his family. We can choose to accept or reject this gift. We can choose to trust Jesus and ask him for forgiveness or we can choose to go our own way. I know in my own life, if I'm completely honest, I am a broken sinner. I'm in desperate need of forgiveness from a loving and gracious Saviour. And I am so thankful for the kind and thoughtful people that have spoken into my life and for the work of the Holy Spirit who's transforming me and helping me to understand more and more how much I need Jesus. The only way I can have a relationship with God is through Jesus. Jesus is the one, the perfect and holy one who paid my debt and yours for all humanity. Jesus provides the way for us to be children of God. There are many verses in the Bible that talk about sonship. Now, I used to get quite offended at these verses because I I want to be a daughter of God, not a son. But the one thing I've come to understand is that to be a son in ancient Israel was actually very significant. Now, it might seem a little bit unfair for us today, but sons were the ones who would inherit the land 
or the money or both from their fathers. Sons, not daughters, received the inheritance. Daughters were dependent on their husbands or other family to care for them. So for men and women to be considered sons of God means equal status. God actually was raising the status of women and including them as equal heirs with Christ, with Jesus, to receive access to the Father just as Jesus does, to be pure, to be considered holy and acceptable just as Jesus is. Can you imagine a father sitting at his desk in his office and only the sons are allowed to come in? God's not like that. He welcomes all of us to come in, to spend time with him, to even sit on his lap and call him dad, Abba, father. Galatians chapter four and Romans eight tell us that Jesus came to rescue us from being slaves to sin so that we might receive adoption to sonship. God sent the spirit so that we can call out Abba, Father, knowing we are God's children and heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So there are three key aspects of being children of God, good consequences. Firstly, we are adopted and included by God into His family of grace. Secondly, that we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ to receive the inheritance of heaven. And thirdly, we are filled with His Spirit, that is the presence of God with us now and in eternity. So then what does being a child of God look like? Is it an outward persona that we're looking good and we're doing the right things and other people see us as different? Or is it character? Is it the deep, authentic acknowledgement that we need the power of God to be at work in us to transform us, to be more like Jesus? John takes a pretty radical, um, makes some pretty radical claims and high expectations as we read uh, further on in 1 John chapter 3. No one who is born of God, that is born again into God's family, will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are. If you were here for Good Friday, you would have heard Dan talk about us being works in progress. And a few of us have been talking about actually getting the T-shirt that say works in progress. Some of us, it's slow progress. We do, from time to time, continue to sin. But as children of God, our desire changes. As we spend more time with Jesus, we want to be more like Him. We're open for more of His Holy Spirit to work in us. We no longer actually enjoy sin. We see it for the false sense of freedom and joy that it brings. As a child of God, we do not choose to keep on sinning because we know it's not good. Our character is transforming to be more like Jesus as we surrender Him to Him that he will keep working in our lives. I love Paul's prayer to the churches and we read in Colossians chapter one, 
that he is praying for the church, praying for you. And he says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. And verse 10 picks up from here. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see, as children of God, our lives are being transformed to be more like Jesus, living in the light of His truth and no longer in the darkness with the shame of fear and guilt of sin. We can confess our sin We can confess it to Jesus and and sometimes we actually need to tell another person as well. And maybe you're in an MP3 or you have a trusted relationship. There is somebody with whom you have no secrets, no longer in darkness with the shame and fear of sin so that we are declared righteous before God, forgiven and free. That is how we live as part of God's family. You may have heard or may have seen on Facebook that I have a new family member. Her name is Bella and she's 11 weeks old. Uh, She's captured my heart in a way that I didn't think was possible. She is gorgeous. She's learning how to sit. Sometimes she'll even sit before I give the instruction to sit and I have to get her to move and then try and train her to sit on command. She's learning where she's allowed to wee and not wee. She's learning what she's allowed to chew and not chew. And she particularly likes toes. Bennett, what does she like to do with toes? <laughs> she likes to eat them. She likes to lick toes. A few kids have come to visit my house this week and, yeah, she does like to lick toes. Bella is part of my family now. She enjoys being in my presence she enjoys pleasing me and doing what is right. In fact, if she's, um, she's nipping at my fingers too much and I stand up and move away, she gets a little bit distressed. And if I need to put her in another room and not be in her presence, she starts to get upset. She likes food and she'll do anything to get food. She likes to please me and she is loyal. The more that we long for God's presence and journey with him in his family, the more we want to please him, the more we are loyal. Goodness overflows in our lives, purity and love, not just an act of doing what is right, but a deep desire to be who he has called us to be, transformed for his glory. We are his children enjoying his presence, pleasing him and being loyal to him. And our character reflects that. 
So we began today talking about cockroaches and the problem of sin that we all have, but God's love and grace calls us to be children of God. Being a child of God means that we can choose to be adopted and included by Him as co-heirs with Christ Jesus, filled with His Spirit. People will know that we are a child of God, that we are children of God, by our lives being transformed to be more like Jesus, living in the light with no more shame and fear because we are declared righteous before God. And the way we become children of God is to admit our sin, to trust Jesus to forgive, then actually ask Jesus to forgive and continuing to depend on his forgiveness. As we continue to live and walk with Jesus, to live out the life as a child of God, it's actually not helpful for us to say, I'll just go to church on Sunday and the rest of the week just live my life away from God without him influencing our decisions. It's actually damaging to our relationship with God and others. When you continue to lie, continue to be hurtful towards others and continue in the old ways of sin. Or even if you're striving to please God in your own strength instead of trusting in what Jesus has done for you. I'm gonna ask the musos to come on back up You don't need to do anything to earn God's love or to be, you can just be dependent on Him. Spend time with Jesus as you would any other family member or loved one. Get to know Him as you read your Bible, as you worship, as you talk with Him during your day. Perhaps you've been afraid of making the wrong choice. You've been afraid of somebody knowing about your sin. God doesn't want you to stay trapped as a slave to sin and fear. His desire is for your freedom and the joy of living fully embraced as a child of God, filled with His presence both now and for eternity. Perhaps you have forgotten God's love, the grace that He has shown you And today, you want to declare again that you are His. He has called you by name and He's calling you again and again. And you can choose to be a child of God today. As we sing this song, I would love you to just listen to the words. Let them wash over you. You can remain seated where you are. Maybe close your eyes. Just listen to what God would have to say to you through these words. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.